It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The Locked On MLB Fantasy Minute is presented by Prize Picks. Prize Picks is the most fun I've had playing daily fantasy baseball and winning up to 25 times my money. Download the app today and use the code Locked On MLB for a first deposit match up to $100. Exploring my skills on Prize Picks this season adds an extra layer of excitement to daily fantasy sports. With just a few taps, you can transform $10 into $1,000 if you've got the skills. Prize Picks is incredibly user friendly. I can make my selections and submit my entry in less than 60 seconds. As the host of Locked On Fantasy Baseball, here are some rock solid picks. Opt for Shohei Otani to have less than 38.5 home runs this season. Opt for Bobby Miller to have higher than 150.5 strikeouts this season. And for Bryce Harper to have higher than 97.5 ribbies this season. Download the app today and use the code LOCKEDONMLB for first deposit match up to $100. Again, download the app today. Use the code LOCKEDONMLB for first deposit match up to $100. Pick more, pick less. It's that easy. Before we start, I want to let everybody know that this podcast is brought to you by Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com and you can buy some Built Bars. All right, let's get started. up everybody welcome into locked on tigers i'm your host chris castellani it is monday may 17 2021 thank you very much for tuning in today tigers played a three game series lost a three game series over the weekend against the cubs let's just jump right into it this first segment is going to probably be pretty long so let's get started in game one on friday the <clears throat> sorry I had to clear my voice for a second tigers lost Four to two, a pretty well played ball game on the mound for the Tigers was Tarek Skubal, and this line is a little bit of good, a lot of bad. Six of one, half dozen of the other. Six innings, good. Eight hits, not good. Four runs, not good. One walk, good. Five strikeouts, solid. But overall, an underwhelming performance. I really liked how he looked in his last outing, or I guess now second to last outing against Minnesota. I, I really felt like maybe they were he was about to turn a corner because the stuff just looked a lot better. And in this game, I didn't think he was awful necessarily. Um, it is surprising to me that he's not missing as many bats as I feel like he should be. Because that was the one thing, I believe, even more so, definitely more so than Manning and, and Mize in the minor leagues. Wow, it's try saying that five times fast. Uh, he was missing more bats. His strikeout rate was incredibly high. And I think the adjustment to major league hitting is probably hurt him or impacted him more than it's impacted Mize. And Mize took his lumps as well, but it seems like he's kind of a, in solid shape uh, going forward right now. But I, I think that in the minor leagues, and I've talked about this before, in the minor leagues, you can get away with, with your heater and, and blowing guys away with fastballs. You can't do that at the major league level. And I think he's kind of had this weird in-between going back and forth between deciding whether or not he wants to use the change-up grip on his change-up or if he wants to use a splitter as his change-up. And I think that's screwed him up a little bit. 
the off-speed stuff or the breaking balls in terms of his slider and his curveball have not looked great, though I thought the curveball looked pretty good his last outing. What, one issue that I worry about with him as well is I think that he, he wears himself out a little bit early because he looked incredibly impressive in the first inning against Chicago, throwing hard, nice bite on the off-speed stuff. I'm like, all right, this is going to be like a really great outing. And then it seemed like his stuff got progressively worse as the game went along. One thing I've noticed this year, and again, it's one of the many reasons why I was so happy with the A.J. Hinch hires. I think A.J., going back to Houston as well, has a really good gauge on how his pitchers are feeling in between innings and throughout games. Like In his la- in Mize's last outing, he walks the leadoff man in the sixth inning, gives up another hit, and I feel like there would have been a lot of managers, myself included, had I been in that case, who probably would have pulled him then, but you know, he let him see, he let him stick it out and go through it. They're not babying these guys. They're, they're allowing them to go a little bit deeper into ballgames, getting those pitch counts up close to 100, and I do give Scooball credit for pitching really well in that last inning. I believe he went 1-2-3 in the sixth inning, and he looked uh, pretty darn solid. So it's 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 a difficult process with him because you know the stuff is there, and it has been forever. I, I feel like he's going to have at some point soon, as long as he stays healthy, a really great start, and then we're going to look back and be like, that was the moment Tarek Skubal officially arrived. I don't feel like he's had that yet. Had a really good outing in Minnesota last year, but as I've said before, what happens in a 60-game season, that was all kind of fluky anyway, he knows that he's going to be one of the guys here. They want him to be one of the guys here. Maybe he's feeling a little bit of that pressure. I'm not sure, but you'd like to see him pitch a little bit better. You'd like to see him avoid giving up a harder contact because I feel like that's been a problem so far this season. He has the kind of stuff, the kind of ability to be able to miss bats. He just hasn't done that consistently enough this year. I think part of it is is he's gotten behind in too many counts to too many fastball predictable counts, and, and it's led to him getting crushed. But not, not an awful outing by Scooball on Friday. Really good outing on the other side by Jake Arietta. You know, look, his his stuff is not as great as it used to be, and he's not as durable as he used to be. Went six innings, only threw 78 pitches, and David Ross pulled him, but he's still capable of pitching some good, some good baseball. I mean, that sinker still moves, still got a nice uh, looping 12-6 curveball that he likes to throw. His command is so-so, only one strikeout, but he pitched some pretty darn good baseball, I felt like, on Friday. Tigers could only get two runs against him, and they were back-to-back solo home runs by Jake Rogers and Robbie Grossman. Jake Rogers' OPS is at 750 right now, batting average to 250. I don't believe this will happen, but if Jake Rogers for his career in Detroit, has that a 250 average and a 750 OPS, that'll be a success because we know he's good defensively. The, the, the young pitchers like when he's behind the plate. He has a great arm. Pitch framing is, is solid. It's not as good as maybe some of us anticipated it to be, but it's still good. He's still graded out to be a, a solid defensive catcher. And we're not asking for much out of him with the bat. That's what's been the most frustrating part through this whole process is like, for the most part, I think several months ago, I might have said the same thing. For the most part, most catchers in baseball aren't great hitters. Like Wilson Ramos, if he played any other position, would be considered a subpar average hitter. But because he's a catcher, we say, well, it's pretty good, pretty good offensive catcher. He's had some good seasons, right? Most catchers in baseball are not amazing hitters. It's rare that you have a Buster Posey or a Riamuto, or a, a, you know, a Yadier Molina in his prime, you know, Pudge Rodriguez. I mean, there, there's been many great hitting catchers, but for the most part, I would say a solid 60% of starting catchers in baseball are just so-so average hitters. That's all they need Jake Rogers to be. 
Everything else he can make up for with his defense, it's been the most frustrating part of this whole process is being like, dude, we're not asking you to hit 300. Just be a guy with a, a above 200-something average who draws some walks and hits some home runs. And he seems a little bit com- more confident now at the plate than he did last season, or I'm sorry, not last season, but actually two years ago when, when he got called up, did not uh, get called up at any point last year. Uh, solid. Um, now it's time to see some consistency. Him and Eric Haas are going to get a shot here, and, and the organization won't admit it, but deep down they want one of those guys to take Griner's spot. And I don't know if, if either one of these guys is going to be capable of proving it in the small sample size they're going to have here. But it was nice to see him going deep on Friday. Robbie Grossman then w- went deep with a 440-foot home run to one of the deepest parts of the ballpark. I'm going to talk about him more in just a second. But he looks so good and so confident right now. I really enjoyed watching Robbie Grossman at bats. Very, very patient. So that was a loss for the Tigers. A 4-2 loss at the hands of the Chicago Cubs. But... And we're just going to stay here for this segment. And segment two and three might be a little bit shorter, but you know I'm, I'm packing more in. More, more beef than you could pack a fork in with. Is that the term? I think that's the term. Tigers won on Saturday 9-8. to eight. This was a game that my brother and I attended at beautiful Comerica Park. I had not been to Comerica in almost three years. Gosh, Comerica is beautiful. Comerica is such a great park. Don't I, I, what, no, I don't care what anybody says. Maybe Tiger Stadium had more historical relevance. I'm sure it did. Maybe it was a nicer place to watch a game, but they do a good job with Comerica, man. I think that is such a beautiful ballpark, and we got to see such a beautiful game, and it really seemed like this one was going to get out of hand. Jose Urania with a really bad outing, two and two-thirds innings pitched, five hits, four runs, one walk, one strikeout. He's so beyond frustrating, and you see even like during at-bats, he'll have this Jekyll and Hyde thing where you'll see certain pitches where you're like, I see why Chris Fetter took this guy on as a project. I see why people believe that there's still good baseball in this guy. We saw him have four good starts in a row, four really good starts in a row, seven plus innings, retiring, what was it, his last 17 at Yankee Stadium a few a few outings ago, and then he'll have an outing like he did yesterday. And it's I said this in my post game, and it's so simplistic to use this excuse or, or this analysis, but... He got behind in too many counts and left too many pitches over the plate after that. I I mean, this is a guy whose primary pitch is his two-seam fastball. If you're an absolute flamethrower, and I know he's a reliever, but I'll just use this example, like Aroldis Chapman, right? If you look at where the ball ends up in the catcher's glove on a a lot of Aroldis Chapman fastballs, they aren't exactly down-the-middle pitches, right? He, he misses away, but his stuff is so nasty that he gets guys to chase and he gets guys to swing and miss uh, at fastballs out of the zone. Urania, with his primary pitch being a two-seam fastball, that's a pitch you want to induce a lot of soft contact with, which is all fine, but you got to be throwing it for strikes. And you could tell, really, from the first at-bat yesterday, he didn't have it. And, and despite only throwing 48 pitches, he seemed like he was on a short leash. Hinch had seen enough. Tigers fell behind, but then they got three in the first inning taking the lead. This was a back and forth and back and forth and back and forth affair. Alex Lang gave up a three-run home run to Matt Duffy that put the Cubs in front in the fifth inning. Miguel Cabrera had an infield single, yes, you just heard me correctly, to tie the game in the seventh inning. Jamer Candelario, he got a day off yesterday. He's currently day-to-day, got hit by a pitch on the knee. It was a knee contusion is the official a diagnosis for him. He's currently day-to-day. Gosh, I hope he's well because I would like to see Jamer uh, back in the lineup because I think he's probably this team's most consistent uh, best hitter, though Robbie Grossman's given him a run for his money. There's a few guys who are uh, who are showing some promise right now. Miguel Cabrera seems to be seeing the ball quite a bit better. I mean, he's batting like close to 400 over his last several games. Had a few really bad at-bats on Saturday, but he seems like he's heating up 
a little bit. He's still got a ways to go. I mean, the average is still well below 200. Jonathan Scope, though, coming alive a little bit. Three hits on Saturday. Got on base four times. The average is now above 200, really for the first time all year for him, basically. Uh, much needed. And, and he was one of those guys, when everyone was crapping on him, he was one of those guys where I was like, I'm going to give him a little bit more time because I know that this guy is an established, good veteran hitter. And when he's bad, he's going to be bad. The numbers are going to look ugly because he doesn't draw walks. So if the batting average is poor, the OPS is going to be dismal. I mean, this is a guy who has hit more home runs than any second baseman in baseball since 2014. And only one or two of those seasons did he have an OPS above 800 because he just didn't get on base a whole lot. He didn't draw a lot of walks. But he did draw a walk on Saturday and had three base hits as well, including a double. He hasn't hit for a ton of power, but th th that'll come. I just want to see some singles. I want to see him getting on base, uh, which is what he's been doing over the last several games. But to me, the most impressive hitter, and I just mentioned him a second ago, Robbie Grossman got on base four times on Saturday, bumping his OPS to over 800. He leads the Tigers right now. You know what was a good signing? Obviously, Robbie Grossman was a good signing, right? But you know what I liked more than that signing was the years they gave him. Robbie Grossman will be here next year. Now, if things come up at the deadline and somebody's looking for a bat, who knows? But uh, that, that was a good move. Like, for all the criticism I've given Avila in this organization, I liked that move. Robbie Grossman's a good player. He's not a star, but thus far through the, through, through the season, he's been really good. And he's been phenomenal in May. He's been excellent. Lastly, before I get into how this game ended, because it really was an exciting ball game. Michael Fulmer came out of the pen through two scoreless, well, not scoreless innings. He gave up one unearned run because of that wonky extra innings rule. But beyond that, Michael Fulmer was throwing 93-mile-per-hour sliders and 99-mile-per-hour fastballs. If that doesn't excite you or bring a smile to your face, I, I, I can't help you. I think he's the closer now. Like I don't think that, I, I feel like I just quoted Captain Phillips. Look at me, look at me. I am the closer now. Because I, I don't think Hinch is... I don't think he's he's brutal enough to just come out and say Fulmer's our closer and we're going to move Soto to to a to an eighth inning, you know, less a lower leverage role. I don't think that's going to be the case. I do still think Soto's going to get save opportunities at some point here, but he knows Fulmer's their best reliever. Like, and that is, uh, I'll be honest, having gone through the Garden Hire, Osmus, Leland administrations where they would not pull the plug on a pitcher until the last possible second. I mean, Jose Jose Valverde was done in 2012. The guy was toast, and Leland waited until he basically cost him two playoff games, or almost cost him two playoff games, to be like, you know what? Maybe he's not the guy. Maybe I should use Phil Coke, and obviously Coke turned out to be phenomenal in the 2012 postseason. It has only been like two or three rough outings, and I think Hinch has seen enough. And they went with Fulmer yesterday for two innings. I like the fact that he is a little bit durable. He has a guy who's, he is a guy who started games. He's a guy who started games this year. The best his stuff has looked to me since he made the All-Star team in 2017. Incredibly encouraging sign, but he did give up one earned run, and then the Tigers rallied off of Craig Kimbrell, who on Friday looked nasty. Craig Kimbrell looks as good as I've seen him in several years. I mean, he was really scuffling with the Cubs uh, through his first two years in Chicago. He looks great, but you get to the 10th inning. Miguel Cabrera flies out, then Nomar Mazzara walks. You start with a runner on second, so Nico Goodrum scores. Scope strikes out. 
Jacoby Jones, pinch running, steals second. I like the fact that this team is trying more and more to manufacture runs. They stole a few bases yesterday. Really good job by A.J. Hinch of the boys trying to, to, to get some, some guys in motion. I like that a lot. Then Harold Castro, hammering Harold Castro, single to left field, scoring Jacoby Jones. Probably the Tigers' most exciting victory of the season. Just a phenomenal, phenomenal game against Chicago. Really fun ball game. And being at the ballpark and seeing how people reacted. You know, obviously limited uh, attendance right now. Who knows with the mask mandates and stuff being lifted if that's going to continue. But the one thing I noticed is that this team is not good. That's not my observation. That's something everyone has noticed. But despite how bad they are, the want, the love for the Detroit Tigers is still very much there. It's still very much there. This team is lucky to have any fans right now. Like, to have a single fan, considering how bad they've been. They have been all-time terrible for four consecutive years. They have intentionally tanked. They have had zero star players. Their biggest star is an aging Miguel Cabrera, who, despite the good things I just said about him, is, is pretty toast. And yet, the fan base is still there. This is a great, not good, this is a great baseball town. And the fact that there are still people, such as myself, who get excited about a Harold Castro walk-off single in year five of a rebuild when they have done nothing to really earn our fan our fanfare, it speaks volumes to how much people want to see good baseball again. It, it really does. And, and it's something that I'm going to continue to talk about. I think that this fan base has been remarkably patient. And if this was two years ago, I'd have been like, yeah, whatever, you know, it'd be bad. They'd be better off getting the number one pick. But I think we've been patient enough now where expecting good things, wanting good things to happen, uh, doesn't make you a slappy. It, it makes you a fan and it makes you passionate. And I, I hope that we can get to a point years from now where Comerica Park is full of people and we're celebrating more meaningful wins, but we'll take what we can get. A really fun ball game against the Chicago Cubs on Saturday. So when I come back, this was a long first segment. Segments two and three, like I said, will probably be a little bit shorter. When I come back, we're going to recap yesterday's game that went down with Matt Boyd on the mound for the Tigers. We'll be right back. RockAuto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even a new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brands, specifications, and prices you prefer. Best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Write locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but NBA, college basketball, and NHL are in full swing. Bet online even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. Real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. Bet online has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. 
head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Back for segment number two. This is going to be a pretty short segment. Segments two and three are probably going to be pretty short today. Tigers lost yesterday by a final score of 5-1. to one. They nearly got shut out by Kyle Hendricks and the Chicago Cubs. Hendricks was great, and I was texting a, a friend of mine back and forth who, you know, she, she's kind of lo- was looking into the matchup, and uh, I, we were talking about Kyle Hendricks, and I said, look, I know that the numbers are not good. Kyle Hendricks is a good pitcher. Kyle Hendricks might be the most underrated pitcher in baseball over the last decade. And I know his ERA right now is 5.27. I understand that. This guy has been ice cold for the Cubs over the last five, six seasons. It, when you're ranking reasons why they won the World Series in 2016, everyone says Bryant or Lester or Rizzo or Baez. You could make the argument that their best regular season pitcher that year was Kyle Hendricks, and he was pretty darn good in the postseason that year as well. One of the best games I've ever seen pitched was his performance in Game 6 of the NLCS in 2016 where he shut down the Dodgers. Really like Kyle Hendricks, and he was he was peak Hendricks yesterday. Eight innings pitched, eight hits, one run, no walks, and eight strikeouts. That two-seam fastball was just brilliant, and they couldn't catch up to it. Maybe they couldn't catch up to it, but they couldn't square it up. Couldn't catch up to it means it was too fast and they were swinging and missing. Uh, they, they just couldn't square it up. A lot of weak contact, and even despite being a ground ball pitcher, he still gets swings and misses. And I think one of the issues he'd run into this season is he'd really lost the field for that changeup, which is basically his put-away pitch and has been. He'd been giving up a lot of hard hit balls, a lot of hard contact, a lot of fly balls, which is strange for a guy who is a ground ball pitcher. His ground ball rate was substantially lower uh, throughout this season so far, but yesterday he was firing on all cylinders. And yeah, this Tigers offense isn't very good, but I I try to give credit uh, where credit is due to certain guys, especially when it comes to pitching. And yeah, he was on one yesterday. His ERA is 5-2-7. Like I said, I would be stunned if uh, that's his final ERA. On the mound for the Tigers was Matt Boyd. Six innings, six hits, five runs, four earned runs, one walk, and eight strikeouts. He was fine. He was totally fine yesterday. That was not his issue. A little bit of bad luck. Besides that, I thought he, I felt like he threw the ball well. The defense behind him was absolutely pitiful. I mean, that was a, a two, three-run start that a bad defense turned into a five-run, four-earned run outing. You had Jonathan Scope at first making what should have been an easy play to home plate for an out. He threw it over Eric Haas's head. Robbie Grossman missed the cutoff man. That ended up leading to a sack fly. So that's another run. Pitiful defense all around. And this is this is a poor defensive team. And maybe I've been too kind on them. And I know that's rare coming from me in regards to how bad they truly are defensively. But you notice it more when you have good pitchers. Like, do you know how amazing, for any person who tries to downplay like how good Justin Verlander has been and Max Scherzer have been throughout their careers, tell them that they're, they're completely full of it. Because they pitched at a high level at a time in which the defense behind them was pretty darn putrid. Okay, When you had Miguel Cabrera at third base and Prince Fielder at, at first base, great, great offensive players. Miggy at his best, MVP caliber player, they've never had a good defense behind them. The last time they had a consistently good defense was probably the mid-80s, and guess what? They won a World Series, and this team is obviously very far away from that, but you go down the list, and I like Robbie Grossman. He's not a very good defender. Harold Castro is okay. 
He played third yesterday, made a nice play. Nomar Mazzara made a diving play, not a good right fielder. Jonathan Scope, not a good first baseman, or at the very least, inexperienced. Nico Goodrum, who last year was a Gold Glove finalist, has made five errors over his last nine games. The only one there in this lineup that grades out to be a pretty solid defensive player is Eric Haas. Eric Haas has been here for like three days. He's a, he's a you know a journeyman catcher that found his way onto onto a Tigers roster. Not to take anything away from him, he had a double yesterday, right? He, I'm not saying he's terrible. He may have, have a place as a backup catcher in Major League Baseball, but when you're going down the list of defenders, and eight of them at best are average, when in reality most of them are subpar to bad, that has to have a psychological impact on a pitcher, especially a pitcher who's been pitching here for a while the way Matt Boyd has, and he's used to having these guys behind him. He's, he's got to, at some point internally, he won't admit to it because he's such a good guy, but at, at internally has to think, I need to be careful which pitches I'm throwing, where I'm throwing them, because any time a ball is hit in play, I'm holding my breath, and I don't blame him. It's very very frustrating, and it led to a Tigers loss yesterday. Despite how bad they played defensively yesterday, I I still feel like the last 10 days of Tiger baseball were substantially better than the first 25 to 30. They just more respectable. Like, you got shut down. As as bad as the defense was yesterday, it's not like they lost one nothing. They, they weren't going to get to Hendricks. So, yeah, I, I can't complain too much, though. I always, I always find a way to complain about something, don't I? I feel like that's kind of my mo at this point so that'll do it for a short segment too when i come back at segment number three we're going to preview tonight's game the tigers playing on the on the left coast against the seattle mariners tonight the improved built bar is even more deliciouser 18 amazing flavors six new flavors 12 other original flavors bars are covered in 100 percent chocolate soft and easy to chew and built bars are healthy Built Bar is great for the health-conscientious guy or girl. You can lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. Bars are low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber, great for the keto diet. Go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKEDON and you'll get $10 off your next order. Use promo code LOCKEDON for $10 off at BuiltBar.com. Tigers play on the West Coast starting tonight against a not good but intriguing Seattle Mariners team. They just called up two big prospects, including uh, Jared Kelnick, who's well, you know one of the top prospects in all of baseball. Before I jump into that, though, I just want to recap some minor league action. Matt Manning continues to struggle and seems to have a home run problem. Spencer Torkelson, despite getting a walk-off hit on Saturday, is struggling a little bit as well. Here's what I'll say about the two of them. Because it's kind of different stories. I am I will continue not to be worried about Spencer Torkelson. I, the swings are fine. He just needs to work on the timing. I think it'll get there. Uh, he's, he's gotten a, a little bit better since he's been uh, called up to, to high A. So I'm not super worried about him necessarily. But I do have to say something about Matt Manning. And I, before I go into what I'm about to say, I want to preface this by saying I still believe Matt Manning will be a very good pitcher at the major league level. I do. But Matt Manning is not a bust. Matt Manning is not a disappointment. We are still too early in the process to be saying nonsense like that. But I am not as big on Matt Manning as everybody else is. And I haven't been for a while. I understand his ceiling is probably higher than Scooball or Mises. I get that. But I think his floor is much lower. Matt Manning pitched some excellent baseball in double A two years ago. 
since then, pandemic had, was a big reason for this, no minor league season, I have not seen him pitch consistently good baseball over a long period of time. He was not good in spring training in 2020. He was not good in summer camp. He was not that good in spring training this season. He was better, very minuscule sample size, okay? But he was a little bit better, and he has not been good so far in AAA. I think the reason the Tigers are keeping him down in the minor leagues is because they believe that there is something, I don't know if it's mechanical, maybe that is it, we know this guy's been a project, but there is something that has them, that they believe they still are yet to tap into. And if they find that other gear with Matt Manning, man, I think he'll be a special pitcher here. He might be a Cy Young caliber pitcher here, but I've kind of been waiting for him to turn that corner for a while now. Like Matt Manning in June will have been in this organization for five years, even for a high school prospect, that's a long time in the minor leagues. Like, Riley Green's probably going to get called up here next year. That's three years in at the minor league level. Different for position players than it is for pitchers. I understand that, but he's the most frustrating of the three to me. Like, even more frustrating than Scooball, because Scooball just has poor command. He'll find it. With Manning, I feel like there's something that's just missing sometimes. And now, when he finds it... I think he's going to be special. Like I said, I think his ceiling is very high. I am still 70% sure if he stays healthy, he's going to be a darn good pitcher. If he finds it, he might even be the best of the three-headed monster that we talk about all the time, but I'm a little bit tired of talking about upside. I want to see some more results. Tonight's game, a 10-10 ball game in the East Coast, on the West Coast, but in the East Coast, it's it's a 10-10 game. Between the Tigers and Seattle Mariners on the mound for the Tigers, you have Casey Mize. He's 2-3 and three with a 4-1-9 ERA and 27 strikeouts. This, of course, coming from MLB.com. Mize has put together three consecutive quality starts, including six innings of two-run ball in his last outing against the Royals on Wednesday. His four-seam fastball has emerged as a quality swing-and-miss pitch with an average 94.6-mile-per-hour velocity. Yeah, the fastball's looked a lot better. Uh, he's mixed in the cutter and, and the slurve uh, really effectively. In this start, because he's had three straight pretty solid starts in a row, I really want to see that splitter back out tonight. I want to see him using that pitch, because I think like if he locates the splitter effectively, coupled with his solid fastball command, dude, he's going to be special. I mean, like we've seen how good he's been over his last three starts where he hasn't had his primary put-away pitch. I want to see him locating that pitch this evening. If he does, I think he's going to pitch really well. On the mound for the Mariners is UC Kikuchi. Kikuchi is 1-2 with a 4.30 ERA and 45 strikeouts on the season. Kikuchi is coming off of a career-high 11 strikeouts and against the defending champion Dodgers to boot a competitive game in which Seattle's bullpen blew a late lead. He's pitched into the seventh inning in each of his past three starts. Seems like he might be turning a corner a little bit. He was a big uh, prospect when the Mariners signed him. He's been underwhelming so far. Some of the pitch data for him was okay. Uh, Foolish Baseball did a little uh, video on his second channel, Foolish Bailey, where he talked about the fact that he liked Kikuchi coming into this season. I think he added he, he threw his cutter a little bit more consistently last year, which led to some uh, better results, had some some unfortunate bad luck when you looked at the, the batted ball data, but uh, he seems to be doing a little bit better. I still think the Tigers are very capable uh, of getting to him, even with the offense that they have. I'd like to see the offense get out a little bit early, 
Going on the West Coast has not been fun for the Tigers ever. Even at their best, they've struggled. And even when Seattle's been terrible, they've had some some pretty bad performances against that team. So I'd like to see them come out tonight and not mess around. Mize, I want to see him throwing strikes early. If that happens, they may have, they may have a good shot. You know, keep the game close late, see what happens. So that will do it for today's show. You can follow me on Twitter at Castellani2014. That's at C-A-S-T-E-L-L-A-N-I-2014. You can follow the show at LockedOnTigers. That's at LockedOnTigers on Twitter. While you're at it, go to Apple Podcasts. Leave a written positive five-star review of this program. It would be much, much appreciated. Tomorrow I will have some news. I am 99% sure that I will have some news regarding the future of this podcast. So stay tuned for that. Thank you very much for listening, everybody. Have a great rest of your day, and go Tigers. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.